Welcome to Ganjapreneur, helping Ganjapreneurs grow and succeed in every sector of the cannabis industry. Ganjapreneur will introduce you to the cannabis pioneers who are paving the way for future generations. Learn about the shifting landscape of the market directly from the experts and get to know some of the leading minds in the industry as they tell their story of struggles and success. Now, CannabisRadio.com presents Ganjapreneur. Hi there, and welcome to the Gontrepreneur.com podcast. I am your host, Shango Lose. The Gontrepreneur.com podcast gives us an opportunity to speak directly to entrepreneurs, cannabis growers, product developers, and cannabis medicine researchers, all focused on making the most of cannabis normalization. As your host, I do my best to bring you original cannabis industry ideas that will ignite your own entrepreneurial spark and give you actionable information to improve your business strategy and improve your health and the health of cannabis patients everywhere. Today, my guest is Morgan Christine. Morgan is president of the Marijuana Business Association and founder of the MJBA Women's Alliance. A longtime cannabis activist and grower, Morgan also has a successful background in international business, working with clients like Lucasfilm and Corbis, and as vice president of Masters FX, one of Hollywood's leading makeup and creative effects studios. Welcome, Morgan. Welcome. Thank you so much. It's great to be here. So, Morgan, as co-founder of the first truly functional national cannabis trade organization, you saw a need for something more specific for women and went ahead and formed the MJBA Women's Alliance within the existing organization. What did you see that called for a specific women's alliance? Oh, it was pretty powerful. Uh, I've met so many women in the industry, and I started hanging out and and doing business with women. And we decided that if we're going to get together, we might as well be talking about business since we are all there together. But when women get together and they start talking about their business, it's it's a totally different passion. The level of enthusiasm and just the camaraderie that we have when we get together is just incredibly powerful. So I got together with a couple other ladies in the industry and said, let's let's really do this. And so in May of 2014, we launched our first event, which was called a Power Luncheon. I would think that it would also serve your interest as well to kind of come together as a power block because, you know, technically you could get together at the tra- regular trade organization meetings and chat, but by pulling yourselves together, you kind of, you blend your powers to, to be able to take care of the things that you want to. Oh, it's so true. I mean, you think about one powerful woman is, is a fierce force to be reckoned with, but you put 50 to 100 women into this same room talking about cannabis it just will blow your mind. And there's, we don't have anything against men. I mean, we all love and appreciate men. So many of, of, of the guys in the industry have taught us so much. But we can talk about issues without you there that will actually feel like we've been validated, we've been heard, and then that pushes us forward to more success. You know what I'm saying? I, I do, but I'd love to hear a couple examples of the different topics that you handle differently when you're together. Well, as you probably know, sexism is huge in the cannabis industry. It's it's huge everywhere, actually. But when we're talking about a brand new industry and we talk about sexism and when we talk about, for example, you know, vape pens or, or dab rigs and, and then you put them in combinations with half-naked women, we're sending the wrong message. And so we can talk about that openly when we get together about what we want to, what we want to do going forward. We don't think it's necessary, and we don't think we need to actually, you know, we can do a better job, you know, we, we can do this whole new industry without 
having to sexualize women. That's just one example of some of the things that we do together. Um, you know, it's, it's just so much easier to talk about when the guys aren't around. So we all know that the prohibition era marijuana business was pretty male dominated. But now with normalization, we're not only seeing that women are starting and running these hugely successful companies and organizations, but you know, I dare say that the, the industry is starting to become dominated by women. Why do you think that the, the women are gaining so much more influence in the post-legalization back during prohibition? Cannabis that we cultivate marijuana from is a female plant. I think right there in and of itself, it's a license to, to run with it. The businesses that are coming up are all women who've been in the industry or maybe they've just been tired of working for the man and they want to start their own thing. And it's like, why, why not this industry? We're your growers, we're your patients, we're your educators. We're your, I mean, we purchase more marijuana than anybody else. And so it's like, why, why wouldn't we just start taking over the industry? Why wouldn't we step up and come out of the closets and say, I run a business, I want a network, I want community, and I want opportunity to provide for my family, just like any man wants to do. But now is the time because it's never been done before totally hear what you're saying, Morgan, especially the part about the community. Um, here where I live on Vashon Island, we've got a few recreational cannabis growers, and the biggest are all owned and operated by women. And one of the things that I've noticed is that the the meetings of the trade organization here on the island are are so much more warm and communicative now because, you know, the mostly male-dominated prohibition growers they are very concerned for their secrets and it's very competitive and, you know, it's kind of got a guy vibe to it. But now that the, the companies that are more influential are owned by women, um, it just seems to be a more warm and inviting and sharing of information environment. And I, and I really think that's better for everybody, both the businesses and the patients. I totally agree. I, I really commend any organization or club or committee that gets together to talk about cannabis. I mean, there are so many wonderful ones. I started out with Women of Weed. Al Warner and Chantanade started this fantastic organization for women to get together just to imbibe and to share and to feel. But we didn't really talk about business. You know, we really kept it light and friendly and warm. And so I joined Normal Women of Washington with Danica Noble. And I thought there, I was like, wow, this is awesome. This is incredible. And it wasn't too much longer when I said, okay, it's only a natural fit for me to slide from the Marijuana Business Association as a whole into bringing women together on a regular basis. I would suspect that when given the opportunity to get together as professional business women, that, that you are just attracting interest in droves by women who are like, oh my gosh, thank goodness that there's finally an organization for me, <laughs> uh, specifically within an industry that they're passionate about as, as healers and cannabis makers and, and, and processors. You bet. And, and so many men, too, like, please take my wife, please. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> They're like, I want her to get into this industry and I want her to understand what I do. And I'm like, absolutely, bring her on in. So at the Women's Alliance, when we have our, uh, our gatherings, it's usually an evening or perhaps a luncheon where we'll talk about business for the first 50 minutes. And that might just be business plans, vision statements, creating our, you know, our, our logos and, or whatever that may be. And then the second half of the programming may be dedicated to just specific cannabis industry-related uh, topics. Uh, students for Sensible Drug Policy come out. We've had law enforcement against prohibition. You know, women in these industries that are helping us, you know, on a local level here in Washington, we're also in Colorado and in Portland. 
That's an interesting idea too. The the cross the cross industry contacts as well. I would think that. You know, very often in male-dominated arenas, we tend to want to over-speak women, and we just get louder as our communication tactic. And I would think that there's a lot of really creative ideas that come out from not just people who have got introverted communication styles, but just, just women without needing to worry about being talked over the top by a guy. It's so true. I can't tell you how many times in a business meeting I was cut off. Or, you know, somebody's back was turned to me. I've had sexist remarks made at me and I've had inappropriate uh, touching. And I'm like, it, 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 but I've had this before. It's not just cannabis. I mean, it's just we need to educate men. You seem like you're very enlightened. Where are the more, more guys need to be like you? You know, we need to understand that this is a team. We can move this industry along together, but we need the support. And I really believe that if women start getting involved Locally in politics, locally in healthcare, growers and producers and in the retail women. Have you seen how many women are coming out strong in the retail end of it? It's All over the place. Yeah, yeah. And it's like more women just need to get together and start talking about what they want to do and dream big, you know, dream it. And I just couldn't be happier with the women that are, are really making this happen in Washington and, and all over the world, actually. Well, it's a good thing that it is. We're going to take a short break and be right back. You are listening to the Gontrepreneur.com podcast. After a short message from the sponsors who made this show possible, Gontrepreneur will return. Your connection to quality cannabis insurance services is spelled K-A-E-R-C-H-E-R. That's Karcher Insurance. We have worked with ventures like cannabis for over 60 years. We're proud to represent over 50 companies with tailor-made cannabis plans for owners just like you to insure your product, your plants, and your pursuits. K-A-E-R-C-H-E-R spells out their full-service insurance services ranging from commercial to bonds, to personal, from life to health, and more. Contact the team at KarcherInsurance.com and let our experience work for you. That's K-A-E-R-C-H-E-R Insurance.com. Contact Karen and the team at Karcher Insurance at 1-844-421-3560. That's 844-421-3560. Gondrepreneur.com, your guide to the cannabis business world. Gondrepreneur.com is a comprehensive resource for cannabis professionals and entrepreneurs. Download the Gondrepreneur app on your smartphone or tablet to catch up on cannabis industry news, scroll through our daily job listings, and learn about successful cannabis companies, executives, and investors. Gondrepreneur.com, helping Gondrepreneurs grow. InternetMarketingNinjas.com is the online dojo of the highly trained and skilled Internet Marketing Ninjas. Disavow documents, reconsideration requests, Panda and Paywin penalties. Let our superior SEO ninjas confront all of your link-related issues. The Internet Marketing Ninjas are equipped to master any marketing exercise, content creation, authorship, link building, PPC, and more. Plus, build more buzz for your brand with our social media marketing strategy. Discover all that the Internet Marketing Ninjas can do for you. Visit the online dojo now at internetmarketingninjas.com. We're back to help Gondrepreneurs grow. You're listening to Gondrepreneur only on CannabisRadio.com. 
Welcome back. You are listening to the Gondrepreneur.com podcast. I am your host, Shango Lose, and our guest this week is Morgan Christine of the MJBA Women's Alliance. So, Morgan, before the break, we were talking about um, how so often in cannabis advertising we get these images that are overly sexualized, and and how you know many of us really do not want the industry to go that way. However, it seems that as the industry gets bigger. Um, we are continually introducing new players that still have not been hip to, you know, that we want to ma- advertise in a more mature way. And so we're constantly having to educate folks. What's the experience that you and the Women's Alliance have had with, with coming into contact with folks who are using hypersexualized images? And how do you communicate with them about considering something different? We've handled it on a couple different levels. We've discussed um, this at some of our meetings. Um, there's a hashtag going around. It's called not buying it. And anytime you see a cannabis product that's been over-sexualized with men or women, I mean, in either way, I mean, I've seen men half naked with hemp, you know, on their junk. And it's like, uh, I'm not cool with that either. I mean, sexualization in any form, it really has no place. But, I mean, I understand that we want to be pretty when we sell stuff. We want to look good. Nobody's going to buy an ounce from, you know, some slob. But they're more likely from somebody who's a little more attractive. So finding that line is really important. But you know when it's over-sexualized because it's in your gut. It gives you that uh, that feeling of like, well, that's kind of wrong. Um, so I'm all for talking to men about it. I've, I've done this at Canacom. There's been vendors who have had, you know, huge signs with half naked women. And it's just a matter of letting them know, Hey, I'm a consumer. I'm one of your customers and I'm not, I'm not happy with that. I'm not, I'm offended and I'm not going to buy your products and I'm going to make sure that other women know about, about you as well. And that's just one way we don't want to be mean. We don't want it because I'd really just think that some men just don't know. You know, they don't know any other way because it's been ingrained in their, in their psyches for so long. You know, I'm saying save that sexualization for the woman you go home to at night. You know, you don't need it in your cannabis purchase price. So Morgan, you know, how likely is it that we're going to be able to, you know, eradicate this kind of imagery from the industry when it exists in all the other industries? Now, I mean, I obviously understand that we want to minimize it as much as possible, but what do you see as the goal here? Is the goal to clean up cannabis at its very outset so the trajectory is better? Or or do you see it more as, you know, uh, try to take care of every instant as it comes? How How will you know if you're succeeding? Well, I think we're at a good good point because now major media is starting to pick us up. I was in National Geographic last summer. Gogo Lids just did a fantastic piece in, in Newsweek. And, of course, now Forbes is on the bandwagon. I think if we can get some major media people to understand that women in business and in cannabis is coming on. And, and we may not be able to solve it right away. You know, I mean, these movements take a lot of time. And it's going to be slow, but we have to tackle it both, you know, on the small side and not purchasing products that are offensive, educating people about what's, what it really is all about. Is it necessary? And then taking action, you know, you know, let them know, hashtag it, not buying it, you know, put a sticker on it. This over-sexualizes women. This perpetuates. I mean, the more they keep putting those ads up, it perpetuates that women should be sexual objects. And it's not cool. I mean, it's it's so lame, and it's even worse. I mean, it's like, are, are men really that dumb? You really have to be fed, you know, this kind of ad to be purchasing your pot? I'm telling you, you're going to love the pot no matter what. It's not going to, it doesn't really matter. 
So I think that there's all different kinds of ways to market, but I think it's going to take a long time and it's going to take us all of us getting involved to say something, even the men. We had a really great discussion on the show a couple weeks ago with Wes Abney, the publisher of the Northwest Leaf magazine, about how he doesn't take overly sexualized ads and, and how he has spent a good deal of time educating his advertisers about why he doesn't think that's the best approach for them, and they kind of work through that. What do you recommend for, for people of either gender to communicate to the companies that are using this kind of imagery? Because, you know, we don't want to create a situation where it is angry conflict, because, because that will just isolate and alienate the, the vendor. There, what, I mean, you've obviously spoken about this at length, so, so what kind of words do you find are, are to the point and yet non-conflict creating? I think a soft approach is really all you need. You know, I, I, again, I really just don't think that men understand that if you look me in the eye, you know, and I look at you and I say, I'm offended by this. Can you help me with it? He's either going to say yes or no. Either, you you know, either no, I'm not going to listen to you or I'll take it under consideration. I'd like to go straight to the head. You know, we can go. Wes Abney is a great example. He is a wife and lovely daughters. He gets it. You know, he understands it. And there's a lot of millennials that are, you know, that maybe don't have the wife and the girlfriend and the experience to know that or the education that it's not going to happen. It's not going to work. And we're not going to let it. We just have to be able to stop, slow it, and then eventually eradicate it. You know, that's a really good point about the generational difference between, you know, my generation with me being 44 and the millennials who are, you know, 15 years or more younger, they're so, they're, they're so used to more violence, more whiz-bang, more fast-cut videos. Just everything is more intense, and they become more desensitized to it. And so I think that it's a different message to communicate with people of, of my generation than it is to a younger generation. But I also think that even though they are possibly more desensitized to it, they also don't seem to be as responsive to that kind of marketing. It's, it's yeah. almost like, oh, sexuality's been played out. What else exactly. do you have? Exactly. I totally, I totally agree. I was just going to say, I, I give the millennials a lot, a lot of credit. I mean, I think that they, with the new generation coming up, it's, they're not all just lazy stoners, you know, not everybody who smokes weed is worthless. You know, it's like, come on, you guys, we've got to be smart about and what we put out there in the industry. You know, it's just a matter of time and education. So I know the Women's Alliance has got a lot of members and growing. What are some of the other topics that that the group is very activated on um, other than the sexualization of advertising? Because I know you've got a whole agenda of really interesting (laughs) things. What are some of the others? Oh, my gosh. So we do a lot of wonderful work with, say, for instance, the Pink Jean Foundation. We did a fundraiser for Tara Martin's uh, Pink Jean Foundation, which is raising awareness in breast cancer in young women. We will we did raffles and fundraisers. But what I'm really super excited about is our event coming up on September 24th, where we have taken a proactive stance against the cities and counties that are resisting the cannabis industry. So we've got five women in politics, including Senator Jeannie Colwells, who is now running her city, Seattle City Council, and four other incredible women. We're going to help fundraise for them so they can get into office and start helping us change the moratoriums and the blocks that are on the industry. So it's going to be a semi-formal event, black with 
probably 100 women with an incredible chef-inspired dinner, raffles, prizes, and fundraising. Um, it's it's going to be it's historical. We've never had a group of women come together at this beautiful Sorrento Hotel and actually encourage these women in politics to start ch- making changes so this industry can continue to thrive. You know, that brings up a really interesting point, too, because the agenda of the alliance doesn't necessarily have to be issues that affect mostly or solely women. I mean, the event that you just talked about, we would could have had that same event with both guys and gals and, and raise money and increase the awareness of the moratoriums. However, like you were saying before the break... When women are together, they communicate using a you know a different set of languages and uh, and nods and just it's just it's just different organically, and so I think that creates an opportunity for people who would normally be either shouted over or disenfranchised to participate in a way that that like brings more of a swelling to the movement in corollary to the rest of the movement, not necessarily separately from the movement. Oh, it's so true. When we had our first Oregon meetup with all the women, we had a lunch and the business women came out. And as you know, Oregon is just getting off the ground. But man, the women down there are really, really hustling. They're getting their names up there. They're getting their brands out there. They're coming together. And I'm, I just couldn't be happier. Women all over the United States are starting to get together. But when they get together and talk about business and how they're going to make money and they start talking about their dreams and their hopes and know that the sky is unlimited... You walk away feeling validated, empowered, and that's what—that's ultimately what we want. You know, we want women to feel strong in their space and to, you know, work hard. They do. I'm telling you, these women in the industry are busting their butts, and it's really starting to show off. And I think if we can just give them the support that they need, there's there's no stopping it. And when you're giving them that kind of support, you're pretty much minting entrepreneurs. You are, you are saying, you can do this. You've got a posse behind you. So what's your great idea? And let's get into it. We're going to take another short break and be right back. You are listening to the Gondrepreneur.com podcast. After a short message from the sponsors who made this show possible, Gondrepreneur will return. MJWellness.com, the largest medical marijuana community in the world. Connect with thousands of patients, doctors, industry leaders, and businesses through shared personal experiences along our worldwide network. Discover new therapies and benefits with content tailored to you. Come grow your network on mjwellness.com. You're not alone. Your wellness matters. Learn, live, and thrive. Check out mjwellness.com today. Hi, I'm Montel Williams. Most of you know me as a talk show host, but I'm also an author, actor, single father of four, avid snowboarder, and I'm also a medical marijuana patient. Living with multiple sclerosis, I'm in pain every day. Medical marijuana is my last resort, and it helps me when all other drugs have failed. If you'd like more information about medical marijuana, you can contact the Marijuana Policy Project at mpp.org or call 1-877-JOIN-MPP. We're back to help Gondrepreneurs grow. You're listening to Gondrepreneur only on CannabisRadio.com. 
Welcome back. You are listening to the Gontrepreneur.com podcast. I am your host, Shango Los. And our guest this week is Morgan Christine of the MJBA Women's Alliance. So before the break, we were talking about the power of bringing women together to create new entrepreneurs and have them feel supported. And I think that's one of the key aspects of the Women's Alliance is, is causing this, this swelling and moving forward and increasing of women in the cannabis industry ranks. So Morgan, as somebody who travels the country speaking to women's groups and essentially cheering them on to, <laughs> to get involved, you know, what do you see as some of the best things that can be done at the local level to start these grassroots organizations? Because a lot of the folks, you know, getting into cannabis itself is new, but also creating a new women's organization might be new to them as well. But you've done this now several times. So go ahead and break out the blueprint for folks so that they can start doing this where they live. Yeah, sure. So it's also very scary. I think that's also been part of the problem, you know, talking about pot or smoking pot in public or even growing, you know, it's been, we've been fearful and scared and hidden for so long. So I would encourage any woman who's already a casual user or is just extremely interested in the industry to find another woman who's doing the same thing and has the same interest. Start slow, get together five to ten women on a Thursday night and talk about what's going on. Talk about the news. What have you heard? What's happening in your city? Is it medical? Is it recreational? And then start getting active. And the way to get active is to buy, uh, to show up at association meetings, show up at rallies, you know, go down to your courthouse, your city council meetings. The way that we started with with the MJBA and the Women's Alliance was just a matter of getting all the growers that I knew together, all of the smokers that I knew together, putting them in a room and talking about the topics that matter. And our goal at the time, as it is today, is legalization. The way to move the ball forward is to get it removed from Schedule 1, and the goal is to normalize it. So women, please, you know, smoke in public or smoke in front of your friends who who may be drinking instead and encourage them, you know, to show them the benefits of cannabis um, and just talk about it. And the more that you talk about it, the more you normalize it. The more you normalize it, you'll start turning the heads of the old cranky people who don't get it, you know. Or the, the stodgy old people who just have the old mindset of what cannabis used to be and how you used to go to jail. So you have to be careful at the same time, but it requires people to be bold. You know, you've got to be brave. I love your idea of, of modeling cannabis for your neighbors by, by puffing in front of them and so, so that they feel more free to do it themselves. That's a, that's a great image. You bet. Absolutely. You know, I always get concerned though too. You know, I'm like, I'll smoke outside and I see a kid, you know, and I'm, I'm, I'm so nervous about it. I'm like, well, I'm going to, I better hide it. And then I'm like, well, their dad is standing right there chugging a beer. You know, why, why shouldn't I be able to enjoy my joint, you know, in privacy and away from the building and, you know, within all the regular guidelines. But then I'm like, you know what, I'm, I'm okay with this. And I think other women should be too. And and men in general. I like what you said about not only you know getting everybody together for this women's night to get something started and have an actual agenda and talk about what directions you want to move in and what you can do that's concrete because we talked with Ah Warner from Cannabis Basics and one of the things she said that really turned me on was that you know not only is she an entrepreneur and doing the Cannabis Basics business but she's also a very active in the legislature and she's influencing politicians and she's going to them on behalf of normalization but also her health and beauty aids legislation and so she's playing this dual role both as entrepreneur and also as active citizen 
I love Al Warner. Honestly, she has been one of the major women who have inspired me. She's the one who pulled me into Women of Weed, and she's the one who actually helped me inspire the whole business side of it. And the, the great thing, and I'm just always so impressed with her. I mean, so this new HABA bill that she has, um, that she had help with passing, allows for less than 0.3 THC in health and beauty products. I mean, this is major. I mean, this is something that she's been working hard on. She's been aligning herself with the right people, getting to know her legislators, getting showing up and doing exactly what she's supposed to be doing. And, and, and it's working. I mean, and it's working. To, to have this, uh, this level of THC in an over-the-counter product is historical. So absolutely good on her and good on all the work that she's doing. There are, there are so many wonderful women, and she is a perfect example. Yeah, that's a really good example of modeling, too. I mean, we may have been joking before about getting high in front of our friends to encourage them to. But also, you know, Ah doesn't just say, go and do this. She's all like, follow me, you know, and that's mm -hmm. the kind of leader that I'm more down with. Absolutely. We always have a great time when we get together. I mean, it's fun, too, you know. I mean, we work, work, work. And I was always joking because so many of us women have products in our, in our trunks. You know, when we show up at conventions together and you pop a trunk and there's all of our swag and our stuff and our products and our stuff and, and we haul it in in our sneakers and we go in and we put on a slightly uh, higher pump. In Oz's case, she usually has three foot or three inch platforms. I don't know if you've seen those boots, but they're crazy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I'm really, really, really impressed with her, with uh, and all and all the so many women in in her organization and in Normal Women Grow Women's Alliance. I mean, there's so many wonderful organizations that are already out there. But if there isn't, start your own. You know, get together and make it on a recurring basis so that you always know that that month is coming up and you know what you want to talk about. You know, and make it fun at the same time. That's great. Well, I can't think of any better way to end this than by cheering on uh, Warner. So with that, we're going to call it for today. Thanks so much for taking the time to chat with us, Morgan. Oh, thank you, Shango. This was really a lot of fun. I'm, I'm happy to have done it. Morgan Christine is founder of the MJBA Women's Alliance. You can find out more at mjba.net, also on Facebook at forward slash MJBA Women's Alliance, and also the mjnewsnetwork.com. You can find more episodes of the Gontrepreneur podcast in the podcast section at Gontrepreneur.com. You can also find us on the Cannabis Radio Network website and in the Apple iTunes store. On the Gontrepreneur.com website, you will find the latest cannabis news, product reviews, and cannabis jobs updated daily, along with transcriptions of this podcast. You can also download the Gontrepreneur.com app in iTunes and Google Play. We're also thrilled to announce this week that you can now find the show on the iHeartRadio Network app, bringing the Gontrepreneur podcast to 60 million mobile devices. Thanks to Brasco for producing our show. I'm your host, Shango Los. The opinions expressed on this CannabisRadio.com program are those of the guests and hosts and do not necessarily reflect those of the staff and management of CannabisRadio.com. Any rebroadcast or redistribution without proper consent of CannabisRadio.com is prohibited.